Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Ephesians chapter 1. been talking about the power of affirmation this is in our this is a sub-series in the series in, of learning to be spiritual parents we're all on a journey in the eyes of God his desire for us is that we become spiritual parents unconditional vehicles of love and grace. We've been talking about the power of affirmation. We saw that God is the master affirmer. As soon as he made Adam and Eve, the first thing he did is he blessed them. Before he assigned them, he affirmed them. Our culture's got it all squirreled up. Some of our parents had it all messed up. You may have had it all messed up. You may think that your value is in what you do instead of who you are. If your value is in what you do, can I tell you something? God loves you so much, and He's so jealous for you to understand His love. At some point in our lives, God is going to remove our source of safety net. So that we will begin to really understand that our only source of security, our only source of affirmation is Him. At some point in your life, if you refuse to affirm that your value, your security comes from Him, God is going to begin to pluck that's the strings of your safety nets so that little by little as you're able to handle it, you will eventually have to realize that none of those things and those people and those bank accounts and those jobs, none of that is going to be your source of affirmation. It never has been. We just need to know it. And that can be brutal. It can be brutal. It's better to go as an act of your own volition and admit to the Lord your dependence on Him and ask His Spirit to help you understand that you, you as an act of your own volition are totally and completely dependent on Him. He's the only one who created you, the only one who redeemed you. And He is the one who has a place prepared for you. And before you get there, you're going to have to come to grips with who your security really is. And it doesn't have this on. It's not deposited in a bank. It's not a structure that you live in. It's not somebody you're married to. It is the Lord alone. And the sooner we come to grips with that, the more free we are to love those God has put into our life. 
We're only truly free to love those God puts in our life if we are not depending on them as our security. So God affirmed Adam and Eve. The word Barak, as we've seen before, it's like God took his face in his hands, their face in his hands, and said, I adore you. The Creator was adoring the creation. And all through the Scripture, I've, I, I've taken you through mighty champion after mighty champion of the Scriptures and showed you how the Lord affirmed them before He assigned them. You don't get affirmation from your assignment. Your job is wonderful, but it is not the source of your affirmation. And if it becomes that, eventually you won't have a job. Your job will have you. You won't have money. Your money will have you. Until we get it. The source of our affirmation comes from God. You say, well, Pastor, I don't get any affirmation from God. Go to the Word and find out what he is saying because that's not going to change. Your circumstances are going to be a wild ride. We looked last week at the life of Simon, who Jesus renamed Petra. Petra meaning a piece of the Petras, a piece of the rock, the bedrock, the Petras of revelation that Jesus is the anointed one. He called Peter a Petra, a piece of that rock. Did he always act like it? We saw last week he certainly did not. God doesn't decide what he feels about you based on your performance. In fact, your performance has nothing to do with how God feels about you. You can't make a choice that will make him love you any more than he loves you right this second. You cannot make a choice that will make him love you any less than he loves you right this second. You say, well, Pastor, that just gives people a license to sin. No, that gives you the power to walk in grace. Shall we, shall, since grace has come to us, shall we continue in sin? God forbid. It is the love and grace and affirmation of God that gives us the desire, the motivation, and the ability to walk in obedience. Some of you need to understand that when you sin, the Lord has not taken his love and affirmation off the table. Now, you may have a little more difficult time receiving it because you are operating in shame or condemnation, and that can accumulate over time. But the truth is that God doesn't diminish his love towards you one iota regardless of your performance. Many years ago, I had begun to learn this, this principle, and I changed the way I confessed my sin. I began to confess my sin as asking the Lord to please forgive me for forgetting who I am and acting like somebody I'm not. And as the accusations of the evil one continued, I thanked the devil that he was reminding me because he was reminding me of the grace and forgiveness and righteousness of God. 
pretty soon that accusation began to subside. God is the master affirmer. We've talked about many characters throughout Scripture today. I want to talk to you in Ephesians 1 about how God affirmed the church, you. Everybody say, this is about me. That was weak. This is about me. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how many? How many? All. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many blessings that flow out of the Spirit of God that are residing in Jesus Christ has God decided to withhold from you? How many is every? How many are left out of every? Everybody say this with me. My God and Father has chosen to bless me with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him, in who? In Christ. Before the foundation of the world, everybody say this with me. Before I was ever born, God saw me and loved me and chose me. Now about 50% were saying that, so we're going to do it again. Everybody say this with me. Before I was ever born, God saw me and chose me and loved me and blessed me with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Well, that was about 85%. That's a B, but we'll move on. That we should be in Christ he chose us that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, can I ask you something? Look at that verse real good. Do you get holy and blameless by your performance or by God's choice? Are you in Christ Jesus according to this holy word of God? Yes or no? How holy is Jesus? How blameless is Jesus? Well, how could God view you any other way if you are in Christ Jesus? Is God going to withhold any blessing from His Son? Yes or no? Well, if you are in His Son, why would He withhold blessing from you? Receive it. Notice that we should be holy and without blame him in love, before him in love. God sees you holy and blameless in Christ. Having, verse 5, predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Why? Because he wanted to. According to the good pleasure of his will. Because he wanted to. 
Now, some of you got your mind all squirreled up because of the word predestined. To be predestined simply means to have a preset destination. I had a preset destination today from Boulder Lake Way to 100 Missionary Ridge. I had a preset destination. And by the grace of God, I arrived from Boulder Lake to 100 Missionary Ridge. God had a preset destination for you. He loved you. He chose you. And his preset destination is that you would be in his son and that you would be seen in the holiness and righteousness of his son and that you would enjoy the destination that his son has prepared for you. That is your preset destination. It doesn't mean that God's up there saying, well, I'll take you. Eh, yeah, you, no, yeah, no. Come on. To adoption. Why adoption, pastor? Why adoption? Here's why adoption is so special. Because somebody had to choose you, not just take what was given. You ought to celebrate your adoption. You ought to celebrate your adoption. God, we were, we had Adam's genes in us. And those were genes of sin and death. But God drew us through His Son Jesus, although by nature we were children of wrath. God adopted us into his family and put in and on us a holy and righteous standing. Oh, to God that we would embrace it. He did it according to the good pleasure of his will because he wanted to, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which, listen, by which his grace has made us accepted in the Beloved. Who's the beloved? The beloved son of God. Are you in the beloved? Are you in the beloved? How much does God accept the beloved? Is there any rejection between father and son? Well, if you are in the beloved... How much rejection is there from your God, your Father, to you? So many have tried so hard through their own performance to make God accept me. God has already chosen to accept you in Christ Jesus. Receive it. In Him, verse 7. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us. How, how can this be? Turn back to the left of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How, did, how can that be? How can I now, with my performance, 
And I don't know about yours, but mine can be pretty bad sometimes. Pretty weak. I pray almost every day, Lord Jesus, show me those areas where I'm being deceived. Where I'm not walking according to all that you've given me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, everybody say, I'm anyone. If anyone is in Christ. Are you in Christ? Now what tense is this? If anyone, what? Are you in Christ? Right now? Present tense. If anyone is in Christ, he what? He what? See, some of you think that when you accepted Christ, you used to be a new creature. But now you're worn out and old. You got so many, you, you got so many sins and baggage in and on you that you used to be new but you're not anymore. This is not my opinion. Look at the book. What does it say? If any man is what? He what? He what? Everybody say it with me. I is. A new creation. Did you know when you got up this morning, you were brand new? You were brand, you were as brand new as when you stepped, the moment you stepped into Jesus. There ain't nothing old about you. You is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everybody say it with me. According to the word, I am. Right now, a new creation. I'm just as new as I've ever been. And I will never become an old creature. I am a new creature. Look, your sin does not define you. God's righteousness defines you. You will only operate out of your sin if your perception, your lens is wrong. You need to put the lens of the Word of God on your perception and begin to see it the way He says it is. How can that be? Well, you notice, verse 18, all things are of God who is reconciled to us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. For He, look down at verse 21, for He, God, made Him Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to become sin for who? Everybody say for me. That we might become the righteousness of God. Where? Are you in Him? The reason you are new is because at the cross, God took all of your sin and laid it on his sinless son. But he didn't stop there. God took all of Jesus' perfect righteousness 
and put it on you. You just hadn't received it. You just hadn't received it. You're still acting out of guilt and condemnation and shame and inhibition and inferiority and failure because you have not grasped, you have not allowed the Spirit of God to reveal to you the truth and started acting on it. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? Glad you asked. Here's the answer. Turn to the left with me to Romans 5. The affirmation of the church. Are you with me? Romans 5. The discussion here is the difference between Adam and Jesus. Adam being called the first man through whom sin and death came into the world and Jesus being it typically, the last Adam through whom salvation and righteousness came. Verse 17, for if by the one man's, Adam's, sin, death reigned through Adam, much more, much more, those who receive. Does it say those who achieve? No. Those who receive the abundance of grace, chorus in the Greek. Those who receive more than enough grace. Abundance, not ample supply, more than enough. Those who receive the abundance of grace, God's grace means His favor and His ability. Can I ask you something? If you had more than enough favor of God, what could overcome you? What could stop you? If you had more than enough favor of God, what could keep you in a place of inferiority? What could do it? The favor of God and the word grace means the ability of God. Ephesians 3.20 says, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that you ask or even think He can do. How? According to the power that works in you. The grace, the favor of God, the ability of God. Those who receive more than enough favor and more than enough ability and the gift of righteousness the gift of righteousness will do what reign in life I don't know about you but I want to reign I don't want to be a victim I want to reign they will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ I know this life can run over you pretty hard life can put you in its ditches but you can get out you can reign in life through the one Christ Jesus if you receive two things. The abundance of His grace and the gift of righteousness. Pastor, help me here just a minute. I want you to imagine for a moment that Pastor Joe is God the Father. 
Now, he's getting, he, he's getting promoted real big here. All right? You imagine just a minute that Pastor Joe is God the Father. He is totally, perfectly, inherently, altogether righteous. Okay? You got that? God the Father. And I want you to imagine that this jacket is the gift of righteousness that comes right from the Father. Now, we've just seen from the Word of God that God has put the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on you. But now I want you to see that word in verse 17, those who receive. The word receive is the Greek word lambano. It doesn't mean to have. The word lambano means to put on. Put on. Now see, I can, I can get deceived and I can say, well, to have the righteousness of God, I got to do this, 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 and this, and I can't do this, 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 and this, and boy, if I, if I squirrel things up, then I don't have the righteousness of God. The word receive, lambano, means I put it on. I put it on. I put it on. I receive it. How do you receive something? If somebody gives you a gift, do you say, oh, thank you, I'll work a week and pay you for it. Is that a gift? How do you receive something? Can you have something and not put it on? You could have a present under your tree indefinitely, but until you unwrap it and put it on, it's not doing you a bit of good. You have it, but you have not received it. How do I receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? I had to believe that that jacket was really given to me. And then I simply Say thank you. See, if I don't really believe it's mine, I'm not going to say thank you. I'm going to be suspicious, and I'm still going to try to earn it, and I'm going to be up and down with that. But if I really receive it, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to put it on. How do you put something like that on? You say thank you and you declare that that which God says is yours is indeed yours. What it looked like for me and Dina many years ago we received the gift of righteousness at the same time. We had walked in religious condemnation for so many years of our lives we were just beat up with trying to get the Lord to be approved, give us his approval, to just serve him enough that somehow he'd be satisfied. And that is nothing but a train wreck. It 
when I saw that God was offering me the gift of righteousness, I simply said, Lord, thank you. I receive it. And the next morning I got up in my flesh and the evil one was saying, you're not the righteousness of God. You're nothing but a dirty, rotten sinner. Think, look at all the stuff that comes into your mind. Look at what you say. Look at what you do. You, you, and, and then I want to remind you of all the sins you've committed over 38 years. Y'all don't ever have those things, do you? Maybe you better pray for your pastor. I <laughs> and I knew that I had received the gift of righteousness because I looked myself, I looked myself right in the mirror. I spoke to my flesh and I spoke to the evil one. And I said, those days are over. I have received the righteousness of God. I haven't earned it nor deserve it. I have received it. It is mine. I am holy and righteous and blameless and accepted in the beloved. And because I am in the beloved, God sees me as he sees Jesus. I'm just as accepted, just as holy and righteous as Jesus is because of the gift I have received the gift of righteousness today and I will not allow the fear and the worry and the condemnation to control and manipulate my life anymore I have received the gift of righteousness have you received the gift of righteousness have you seen it and said thank you and then put it on Put it on. Declare it's yours. Can I tell you something? Your words are going to be the only thing that are going to break the power of those inner words that have been in your head a long time. You've got to put it on. What's keeping you from receiving the gift of righteousness? Your past? No, you is a new creation. He sees you new. So are you going to choose to see yourself different than he sees you? Well, one of you is lying if you do that. If you say, oh, pastor, I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you take that up with God and his word. He says you are, so one of you is lying. You know what the problem with us is? We live like somebody we're not. We forget who we are. That's why we sin. The Bible says if, if anybody says, I don't have any sin, you're lying and not practicing the truth. You know what that means? That every one of us forget who we are and we forget to appropriate and receive the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But that doesn't mean it's not forever true. It's not his weakness, it's mine. Why don't you today run back to Jesus and thank him that he has decided, God the Father has decided to see you in Christ Jesus and your choices have not separated you from the love of God. God impart to us the truth. 
may we receive it, the abundance of your grace and the gift of righteousness. I want you to do something with me today as Jeff plays for us. I want you to go before the Lord and say, God, show me those areas in my life where I am acting in unbelief. And I am asking you today to reveal to me the truth of this word that I have the abundance of your grace and I have the gift of righteousness. It's already in me. I'm asking you today to forgive me about my unbelief and today I say I receive. I receive. I put on the gift of righteousness. I put it on today. I thank you for it and I put it on today. That's a transaction between you and the Lord. You just stand right where you are as Jeff plays for us. I receive the gift of righteousness. this prayer with me mighty father by your spirit give me revelation of how you see me more and more thank you for affirming me through Jesus you see me brand new today in Jesus that in Jesus I am holy and righteous and blameless forgiven and loved and totally accepted I receive it today the gift of abundance of grace the gift of righteousness is mine I will put it on and walk in it in Jesus name amen and amen grant it Lord impart it today in the name of Jesus I hope you'll meditate on this day and night, and God will give you revelation and impartation of it. Forward to seeing you next week. Lord bless you. Go in peace. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.